earth. We are assured of salvation in heaven, but while we're on earth, we have to live a life of victory, you know, where we were able to overcome any situation, any circumstance, and we do it in, in love and in truth. And you can only do that when you, when you keep meditating and being taught on who you are. What, 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 what does the Holy Spirit um, do in you? What is the point of the Holy Spirit? All those things, you know. So I would encourage you to do that. Be a disciple. You have to be somebody's disciple. You can't just be like, oh, I'm chilling, you know, like you cannot come to church for like 20 years and just be sitting and listening to the pastor preaching and then you go home and say, I'm a Christian. Welcome back to Capture the Thought. We have yet another exciting guest with us today, business design consultant and brand manager, Shingirai Sambeta. Now, Shingi also happens to be one of the pioneers of Zimbabwean hip-hop formerly known as, or also known as Mau Mau. <laughs> do we say you're you formally... You say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we say that you're formally I, I, known as, I've or... I've decided to just make it also known as, because I tried formally known as, and it just hasn't caught on, so, yeah. <laughs> we can just say, known, also known as. <laughs> a lot of people still remember you from but those that's, days. that's the thing, that's the thing. So I, I've tried to shake off that name, but it just, it, it sticks on me. So I've decided lately, just recently, to embrace it. Mm-hmm re-embrace it i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i guess that's what you have to do <laughs> yeah sometimes you got to do what the market what the people want right what the people want <laughs> and so um shingi can you tell me about your childhood and your upbringing and your background okay so you know i'm going to take you guys back and um back to probably a time a lot of your listeners probably don't even know because uh, i'm 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 53 this year so i'm a lot older than probably a lot of people listening but uh, I was born in what was then Rhodesia. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Rusape. Uh, my parents were um, they were teachers, mm-hmm. um, so I was born at a at a school or at a at a mission school, mission hospital um, near Rusape. That's where I was born. And um, so this was about this was what ten years before before independence. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up during the war, I guess. You know the civil war that was that was going on here, the liberation struggle and stuff. And I mean, I was still quite small, but I remember things about it. You know, so there were times when we would, um, my parents would move from one school to another school, um, and then at some stage, I think I was four, my dad um, got a because he was always very academic. He got a scholarship to go and further his studies in the UK. Because uh, I think he had gone up to like, I don't know, whatever, end of high school. But then, you know, funds were not available to go to university. And there was not a lot of opportunities for, for black folks, for Africans um, to, 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 to go into university at that time. Mm-hmm. So eventually, um, through, through the Catholic Church, he got a, a scholarship. So he left, leaving my mom. <laughs> with. <laughs> so I'm the second of, of seven kids, big family. Uh, but at that point, I think there were, there were just five of us. Uh, which is still a lot of kids. Uh, so it was my mom, my older brother, and my um, my three sisters, mm. um, kind of moving from school to school, you know, in these rural areas and things like that. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you're a child, you don't really understand what's going on, but, you know, you're just doing whatever the parents are saying you should do. So, yeah, we grew up through the war, um, partly being raised by my grandma, like when my mom had to go teach somewhere else, so we'd have to go kumusha. And stay with my granny and, you know, help out and do, you know, um, yeah, somebody can translate for your non-shaman speakers, <laughs> <laughs> village type stuff. <laughs> we'll keep it universal, right? We'll keep it mostly English. Um, okay. So, man, I'm trying to give you a very truncated, um, you know, mm-hmm. so lived through the war, 
1980 rolls around. Um, my dad was um, was still overseas. Um, and then he came back just after 1980 independence. Mm. Um, then we we um, we moved to um, to Glenora. Um, then my dad, he had studied like an HR, um, human resources degree and that kind of stuff. So he got a job at uh, one of these big companies. I think it was, um, uh, what was it? Qualcomm or something. I can't remember. One of those meat, meat processing companies. So which was a fairly decent job at that point. So from there, we moved um, and started living in, um, in Alex Park, uh, moved schools to that, that um, to Alexandra Park School, where I finished uh, my, high um, my, my junior school. After that, I um, then went to high school. I went to Peter House in, um, in Marondera, um, you know, which, which was a private school. And the only reason we could afford to, to go there is because I got some kind of bursary. Uh, luckily, I was always quite academically, you know, um, competent, I guess you could say. Um, you know, so yeah, um, did high school six years there in boarding school, which was pretty tough because I wasn't used to that whole boarding kind of concept. But anyway, after that, um, I uh, my brother was a year older, had gone, um, he had gotten a scholarship. He was, he's like one of the brainiacs of the family, unlike myself. Um, <laughs> so, well, you were competent. He had, he yeah, was, I was uh... competent, but he was a brainiac. <laughs> Um, so he he then um, got a scholarship to go to um, a university in Canada, uh, in Montreal. Um, so I applied to the same university amongst many others, and luckily I got in there. Um, and, uh, you know, my parents probably, you know, had to sell pretty much everything they owned to then get me to go there because wow. I didn't have a scholarship. Wow. Um, so that's how I ended up there. And, I mean, I'm forever grateful for, for the sacrifices that they made. You know, and not, now being a parent myself, I realize what, what it takes and what they must have been going through, you know. Mm. Um, so that was an experience. Um, and I think that's what I would call my formative years. Um, you know, that I, that's when I got really into like hip hop and stuff like that while I was studying, um, you know, was part of a lot of like these student groups, you know, very, very much into like black consciousness and African history kind of just started discovering things about being black. And, you know, when you're there, you feel it a lot more, uh, in a different way, I guess, to when you're here. Um, so by the time I then came back, you know, about four or five years later, um, I was really into the whole hip hop thing, you know, but very much into like conscious hip hop, conscious reggae, that kind of stuff, you know, dance hall. Um, and then I kind of, so here I am, you know, I, I graduated with a BCom in, uh, in marketing and entrepreneurship. So I kind of was like wearing two hats, like in one instance, I, so I started working at an adver advertising agency here. Um, at the same time, music was so, such a strong passion of mine. I was always like trying to, you know, get into the music because I'd started, I had been part of a hip hop group in, in Montreal um, and in Toronto. Um, so when I came back, I was like, man, I need to carry on doing this. So, you know, you're in your 20s and you're mm -hmm. like on fire, right? Um, and so throughout the years, I just started developing my own style and, you know, managed. This is the days before all this digital music production, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that makes it quite easy to produce. So there was only like two or three producers in the whole city, so to speak, that probably could make anything that sounded like hip hop, you know, and one of them was Fortune Paruta. And, um, you know, I hooked up with him and used to go to his, um, his flat in town and like literally beg him and say, little Fortune, man, you got to make this beat for me, man. But I wanted to sound kind of like this, you know, and he was more like an R&B, Afro pop kind of guy, you know, but he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and I, basically, you know, he was like an older brother, right? And I had to respect him because he had all the equipment and stuff. I didn't know how to produce, so I had to like rely on him. You know, so let me know when you want me to stop if you've got a question, right? Because I'm just like kind of, no, you know, I'm taking it away. I'm kind of just rolling on and on. 
And, um, you know, and uh, eventually we, we, we buttoned it down and like, okay, we got to work on this one track, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then I, 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 this is the song that most people know me for, you know, who is the Mau Mau or Mau Mau, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, you know. So I write this track, but I'm like, man, you know, this is not, something is missing here. I'm like, but, you know, I want my grandma and even my mom to understand what I'm saying, you know, because up until this point, I would, I'd, I'd always been rapping in English. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to rewrite this whole entire song, but I'm going to put it in Shauna, you know, and that's basically how it happened. So went and worked at it, worked at it, came back, recorded it. Um, with uh, what a lot of people don't know is on that song, there's somebody who kind of sings the little choruses. It was a good friend of mine. His name is um, Daniel Chapeyama. He's now in, in Canada. Um, you know, um, and he kind of I enticed him to just come and do some vocals. I wanted to, I guess, add some flavor to it. So we went in and recorded this thing. Um, you know, and then after that, we we released it on radio, and you know, the rest is history, as they say. And then you know? it blew so up. <laughs> yeah, so I'll stop there for now because I'm sure you've got maybe details you want to hear. <laughs> it's amazing. So prior to you going to Canada, you had no. Was it that you weren't as interested as into go, going into the music industry, or it was just you so? Know, so that's a good question. Things. I actually was, but man, you know, this there was no music industries to speak of for. For urban sounds, sounds, like for hip hop mm. and things like that. So, me with friends in high school, we'd always be like listening to hip hop. You know, this is like, man, we're talking about early hip hop. You know, like, um, you know, I was coming of age as hip hop was also coming of age, age. you know, mm -hmm. in New York, like 1983. That's when I started going to high school, right? Mm -hmm. And so, we would just watch movies from from the states and we'd be trying to break dads i mean i remember you know <laughs> being, being in form one form two you know, <laughs> you know after school usually all the black kids would just conglomerate like in the school hall and we like yo check out this movie you know and we'd watch like some movie like um famous like movies that are now iconic like beach street and you know oh, i can't yes. remember the other the other ones you know so we'd be trying to do these moves i wasn't that great at beat at, uh, at, at break dancing but you would all be trying you know trying to a few of us had like cousins, you know, and relatives in the States that would buy them actual sneakers. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't just buy an Adidas sneaker, right? Somebody had to bring it for you from overseas. So they, they are the kids that had like the props. Um, so I'd always been interested in it, but I never, so I, I think while I was in high school, I never really put so much time into actually trying to, I guess, trying to rap or whatever. I don't know. You know, I, I think there's just no producers there. So I, mm. I, I was into the hip-hop culture, like listening to like, you know, EPMD and Eric B and Rakim and all those guys, you mm -hmm. know. But I, I guess because I was always artistic, like I liked drawing, I liked, you know, the whole hip-hop sort of culture, you know. But I hadn't started rhyming at all, you know. So something happened, though, when I went, I think, to, 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 to Canada. And then I, I think I was closer to, to people that were doing it because here I didn't really know anybody who was doing it. Um, there was one cat who was rapping that I remember, and shout out to anybody who remembers this guy. And I hear now he is in Australia. Okay. There was at one point one of the hottest DJ on radio, which was now what was it called then? Power FM was called Radio Three, right? The Hitman. I don't know if you ever heard of the Hitman. It sounds. That sounds familiar. Hosea Sengende or something. Yeah. So he had he he had started kind of doing like rhyming, but he was like a DJ, mm -hmm. so he would pull like an instrumental like a popular instrumental from somewhere and he'd just rhyme his own like few words on there. Mm -hmm. He's the only guy I remember really rapping, 
you know, like before I was even rapping, you know, like、uh-huh. a local guy, you know.、Uh, I'm sure there's some other people, but maybe I didn't know about them, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that explains,、uh, that answers your question. It does, it、yeah. really does. Yeah. So, here you are, you've recorded this song and it's becoming popular.、Yeah. Um, what was your journey like in the music industry? So, wow.、Um, You can't even talk about the music industry to, to, you know, compared to what it is like now、mm-hmm. you know, for this type of music. So, typically, the music industry that was there, I think, that was developed was for your, you know, what people would call Afro pop now, I guess, but it's more、mm-hmm. like your, your classic stuff like, you know, Sungura, you know, like,、um, you know, your Mapfumos and、mm-hmm. probably gospel, you know, but, you know, like proper, proper, what I'd call, you know, Classical sort of type of music, you know. So things like hip hop and dance hall, RB was kind of bubbling. There were a few groups that were there, you know. There was Radar, there was,、um, what's her name, man? She went and then blew up in the States,、uh, I mean, in the UK.、Uh, Rosala,、mm-hmm. you know, Rosala Miller,、um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. But there were like offshoots, there were just very few. There were a few people, even, oh, Critical actually, prior to me producing this track, I did do a track before, before Mau Mau, where I was featured by Prince Tendai,、mm, right?、Mm. Furuta, and he was one of the guys that were kind of doing this Afro RB kind of,、mm, you know, yeah, they kind of、was. modeled themselves after, like, you know, I don't know, not the Commodores, but, you know, all those 80s groups, kind of, you know, very funky kind of style.、Mm. Um, so he actually featured me first before, before I started doing my own thing. And so, There wasn't much of that. And those guys, if I remember correctly, none of them were ever commercially successful. I think the audience just wasn't there. you、mm. know? So even when I started, the audience wasn't there to the level it is now. you know? So there w a s a few hip hop artists. There was、uh, a piece of Ebony.、Um, there was Zimbabwe Legit, but these guys were based in the States, so they were not really here.、Mm. Um, who are the other cats? There were some other guys, but there was no industry. So you couldn't make money from it. So I would do sporadic. Shows or appearances here and there, you know.、Um, this is like 96, 97, you know, but there was no real industry, so I never made money from it.、Mm. You know,、um, I ended up then following up with, the, with an album that I produced. I think the first album came out in 1999.、Um, but then what happened is that I, with work, I moved to South Africa. So it got very complicated. I was trying to market the stuff here because my market was here, but I was mostly based in South Africa. So it was, I, would, I had distribution and all that kind of stuff. I had videos out, but I wasn't able to really go and be out there, you know, like performing and stuff like that, which is what you need, you know. So, from a business point of view, it never really made me any money. In fact, it took a lot of money, you know, but I was so passionate about it and I guess I still am. So, for me, I kind of realized, well, you know what? I guess that's the path that my life has taken,、um, you know. And because I was always kind of also focused on the business side of my life, I think if I'd gone into the music 100% and said, This is what I want to make it, you know, make my life be about, then I would have gone further. But I, I was never, I never had that kind of focus on the, on the music as much as I loved it. So,、mm. you know, that's how it kind of just worked out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And、um, money aside, how is it coping with being known, being. I don't know if you can say famous.、Yeah. <laughs> But so, this is people knowing so you. So, the good news is, yeah, the fame, the, le- the level of fame was nowhere near like what some of these guys are experiencing now, you know, like your job <laughs> praises and Nadi O's and Nadi, stuff like that. Because,、yeah. I mean, the media reaches now, you know, with social media,、mm. there's none of that was there.、Um, so, you had to be on ZTV or on Channel O, you know, for people to really know you, you know. So, that was hard to get. You had to produce very high quality videos, which cost money.、Um, 
and have good managers and mm. you know so we didn't have any of that most of us artists were managing ourselves which is the worst thing you can do mm. you know managing yourself and then you're the guy who's coming up with the concept for the video then you're performing yeah. you know you're you're producing the record so it, it doesn't work but um dealing with the fame yeah i mean it was weird you know you'd go places and people kind of know you and stuff like that but you know i i, I thank god i never i never got too phased by it i didn't get mm. caught up in it you know um and i think that's just thanks to maybe how my parents raised me you know mm. like you know don't think you're too special you're special but not in the way that you know to think you're more special than other people so luckily you know it was good it was nice you know people would come and acknowledge and you know and i would always I hope to everybody that I met that I was polite and, you know, and receptive and, you know, didn't come off like some kind of, you know, yeah, yeah I'm the man, you know. Look you know, at me now. You know, wearing shades. Like, I can't stand these celebs, you know, that never take off their shades, shades. right? And I'm like, dudes, come on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was never one of those. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, you know, and um, for me, uh, I always had more of a mission behind my music. It was more about the impact and I think what I wanted my listeners to to know and experience um, so I've always had this thing about just freeing people's minds. And mm. I think that's what always was driving my music. You know, my music, I'm, I always hope and pray that there's truth in it that opens people's minds up and and teaches them something about themselves, particularly black people, particularly mm. Africans, you know, because we've been through so much. Um, and so my angle was always coming from that point of view. So if people were hearing my music and hearing the message, that was good for me, you mm. know, yeah. That's good. Yeah. And so more about your journey with christ how right. did you be how did you become a christian what oh, okay made so, you make that decision yeah okay so here's the story right um i grew up as a catholic um mm. like a lot of us we grew up in whatever religion or whatever belief system that your parents are in right um then went to high school which was an anglican school right but they're very similar um but to be honest by my late teens i was just going to church in fact, I stopped going to church. Let me be truthful. From maybe 17, 18, my parents weren't making me go to church anymore. So I kind of just stopped. Mm. You know, um, at times I would go out of just, you know, to please them and stuff. But I wasn't getting anything out of it, you know. Um, mm. And I remember being in high school and there was a scripture union, right? You know, I don't know if they still have them. Um, well, I'd just see these guys get together, you know, and sometimes it's around a campfire or something. <laughs> And they always had a guitar. Usually they'd have a guitar and they're singing all these songs, which to me, from my Catholic upbringing, were like alien, right? Yeah. Like a lot of the music was just like, you know, these really happy sounding things were very different to, to, to Catholic kind of mm -hmm. stuff. You know, mm -hmm. think about African Catholic music, right? Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff, you know? And so I always used to think of them and think these guys, and you know, they had a derogative name, right? For, for, for born again Christian. I didn't know what that meant. I think I vaguely heard somebody say, ah, you know, these guys, they're born again Christian. They, they're kind of not like the Anglicans and Catholics, you know. They used to call them happy clappies. Mm. I think they still use they that. They still that, use yeah, that. Right? Yeah, right? Happy clappies. So which, which cool teenager, man, who's trying to like, you know, be into hip hop, wants to be known as a happy, <laughs> happy clappy, clapper. right? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, man, okay, it's all cool. I think I went to one and I was like, okay. I was fascinated. These guys were like smiling, you know, they were... In a way, I think I kind of resented. I was just like, "Why are these guys so happy?" You know, they, you know, they, what are they on? You know what I mean? I was like, I go to church and I never feel like this, right? Yeah. And I think that's my only sort of experience I had of that whole sort of born again Christian thing. And um, the years passed through high school. I finish. 
I go off to university. I don't have to go to church. I don't go to church. Probably for the next four years, I think maybe I went into church maybe twice, mm. you know, like at Christmas or something, you know, because I didn't need to, right? Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and I think, but what was important that was going on at that point, I think I was just searching for truth. Mm. And, man, I was reading up on all kinds of stuff, you know, I mean, you know, the whole black consciousness, consciousness thing. Yeah. I was listening to these these hip-hop artists that were talking about the 5% nation. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like black, black. black Muslims, right? Mm. So this is the time when... Um, Spike Lee's coming out with Malcolm X, mm. you know, so we're all wearing these caps with X on it and black nationalism, you know, and and I'm trying to sort of suss out what these guys are talking about, you know, Muhammad Elijah, Elijah Muhammad, sorry, you know, Malcolm X. Um, I'm listening to 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 um, I'm listening to to reggae, you know, uh, I'm listening to Burning Spear, and these guys have got the Rastafarian thing, you know, so. I'm in Montreal and Toronto, which has got a lot of uh, Caribbean, you know, people of Caribbean origin, right? So it's all, it's all in the mix there, right? Um, you know, and I'm finding out about, you know, black, black history and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm basically, I'm rejecting anything that I consider to be white, mm. you know. So, so I'm on that tip. But somehow I explore all these different things and I realize nah, there's still something missing, man. I'm not really getting anything out of this. Come back here to Zim not really going to church, I'm working, I'm living by myself. You know, for a lot of years, I'm, I'm exploring Buddhism. I get this book on Buddhist, Buddhism, you know, and I'm trying this whole lifestyle. I went through it. Still feeling something empty, man, you know? Mm. Moved to South Africa, I'm not going to church. I'm kind of doing the whole Buddhism thing, you know, here and there, but I'm just not feeling... Every time I try to go to like regular church, I'm just like, whatever. Then things start happening and... You know, and I think sometimes things happen that trigger certain things, you know. Yeah. Um, so two two crucial things that happened. I lost my my, my grandma to, to cancer, I think, in 2002. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, I lost my, my, my dad. So I think I was really, like, vulnerable emotionally and things were just not making sense. You know, my worldview was not making sense. I couldn't understand why things happened the way they did. Um, and I think that was a turning point. Um, and, you know, uh, I had a sister who was born again who would always say to me, you know, let's go to church, let's go to church, you know, and, um, in Joburg, and I wouldn't go with her. Um, then I had a few friends that were also born again, sort of associates. So eventually myself and a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, we decide, you know what, we're going to go to um, Rayma Church in, 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 in Joburg, you know. So we go there. I don't know what what drove us to to decide on that day to go. But I guess we're all searching for something, you know, and we're just feeling something is missing. You know, you're feeling burnt out life. You're living the fast life, but somehow it's not satisfying you. Um, so then the pastors did an altar call, you know, and I just felt like this is God talking to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think other people have felt the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, you feel vulnerable. And I just like, you know, I went down there and, you know, they kind of pray over you and stuff like that. And then later on, they take you aside and, you know, try and sort of, you know, introduce you to, to what Christianity is about. And that was my first real, I guess, turnaround, you know, to sort of say, Jesus, you know, I actually want to get to know you, you know, because prior to this, I did not know that. And I say this to a lot of people who are still in a lot of these other, I call them religions because they're not born again, that 
you guys don't realize God wants to have a direct relationship with you. Mm. And a lot of these relate, um, religions don't, 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 they don't teach you that. Yeah. You know, that Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. And that was just like lights going on in my mind, you know. Mm. Um, so that was the beginning of my journey into Christianity, you know. And unfortunately, though, over the next five, six years, I didn't really grow as a Christian because I, I, I now know the reason. When you become born again, it's not enough to go and just, you know, respond to the altar call and stuff like that. It actually can result in what um, a lot of people call false conversions, mm -hmm. right? Where, yes, there's something you heard, but you haven't understood, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, and I think, you know, sometimes you're in so much pain and you're like, you know, you, the Holy Spirit works in different ways, right? I, I know God was talking to me there, right? That made me get up and go and, 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 and receive, you know, receive Jesus Christ into my life. Mm -hmm. But... After that, what happened is there wasn't a follow through from anybody to to tell me, you know, who am I as a Christian now? What has happened? Yeah. You know, so I think that's a big failing that I see even now when we go and we evangelize, we preach mm -hmm. and people get converted, converted and then we leave it. There's no discipleship. There's no discipleship. That's the word, mm. Grace. That's the word. There's no discipleship. So I didn't have discipleship for maybe six years. And you know what? At some point, I got really wayward. Um, you know, I I, 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 I was doing like a, a contract, uh, an advertising contract in, in Kenya. And I can say my lifestyle wasn't what it should have been even at that point, you know, mm -hmm. um, because I just was directionless. You know, I was born again, but you couldn't tell really by looking at me that I was, mm -hmm. you know, my behavior and the way I was, you know. So slowly transformations are happening. Um, and it's only when I then came back to Zim in 2010 um, and... I had some friends that invited me to a local church here, you know, where I started get going there and start. I started attending a Bible believing church in 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 Joba, but again, I think there was just wasn't that discipleship happening, and maybe things just happened when they happened, you know. But when I got here, then I started being taught more of the Word, you mm -hmm. know, and and slowly some growth and shifts started happening, you know, um, and you know up to the point where in um, in 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 twenty. Now I'm battling with my music, right? Because I've been doing all this worldly stuff, and I just, I just knew it wasn't, it wasn't what God wanted me to be doing anymore, you know. Um, so from like 2010, as I'm growing, I'm like, I can't keep doing that stuff anymore. What I have to do is got to be gospel oriented, you know, mm, music. Um, mm. So I started working with a few producers and stuff, and then, then I did that in Damutsua, um single, uh, which I think was 2016, maybe I can't remember. Which is one of my favorites, by the Thank way. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is so one of my in favorites. that one, if you listen to like I think the verse, mm. verse three, I talk a little bit about the history I've been sharing with you, like yeah. just the journey, you know. And it took a lot because you know you, I think I lost a lot of fans, whatever they were, you know, people like. Ah, you know mm. this kind of thing you know but it didn't really matter to me and even now it doesn't matter because I, I believe that I'm using my music for a higher purpose um, and that's that's what led me to to that point I was just like you know what I'm rejecting all this stuff it's a choice I'm making you know um, you know we have to hate the world right um, you, you're gonna love Jesus you're gonna end up hating the world and mm. the world probably hate you so I was I was ready for that you know um, and since then it's been I've just been happy about it you know i'm like you know my music um i think kanye already took this but i would call it life music mm. because pretty much a lot of the music out in the world i call it death music mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it leads to death mm. it doesn't lead to life mm. you know um so i try now whenever i'm working on my music like is this bringing life to someone you know to somebody's life 
Um, so that's, yeah, that's my approach now. Wow. Yeah. And so how has you having a relationship with Christ? Mm -hmm. And I'm not referring to the years where you like discipleship. Right. How, how you are now, how has it impacted your sense of identity, um, your sense of self, how you perceive yourself and understand yeah. yourself? You know, I just, you know, and I thank God for this. I, I think, you know, I continue. I've, I've, I've luckily now, I think over the past eight years maybe, I've been attending a, a small church, but I've had a very good teacher. Mm. who's really been discipling me and, and many others. And I'm growing in knowledge, you know, like um, um, there's a prayer that um, Apostle Paul does. I think it's in Ephesians. Is it Ephesians 1? Ephesians 3, I'm not sure. Ephesians 1, 18 or whatever, or Ephesians 3, 18, I can't remember. Where he says, you know, I pray that, um, he says, you know, that, that God has given you a spirit, the spirit um, which gives you um, wisdom and revelation, in, in the knowledge of God, you know, and that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, mm. you know, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I really feel that over the years, that's what's been happening. The more I am taught about who God truly is, the more I see myself and who I am and what I am as a Christian, what I'm supposed to do as a Christian, what my role is. And it's not easy because... You know, it's amazing. I, I listen to a lot of different stuff. I listen to, um, you know, a fellow podcast to yours um um uh, what do you call it the radiant radiant culture. yeah radiant culture thing there's a lot of issues they talk about mm. you know because we are in the world we're not off the world but we are in the world and we have to deal with a lot of things um and so there's been times when i've seen my identity clash with the identity that family members want me to have mm. you know yeah. culture culture yeah. you know like african culture mm. it's a huge thing right it and is. we live in it you know mm. we have siblings relatives that are not born again. Mm. There's nobody, I, I, I think very few people have, the entire families, everybody's born, born again, again. on the same tip. That's very So weird. you're going to bash heads with people. So there's been functions that I've had to sort of turn down because I just don't feel that as a Christian, I should be participating in those things, you know? Um, so, but it's it's a price I've been prepared to pay because I believe that this is this is who God wants me to be. You know, and Jesus says that, you know, they, you know, they, they will hate you because of me, you know. Um, so, you know, I'll come against, you know, mother and child and, you know, father would turn against son kind of thing. You know, I mean, he was dramatizing it, but that's what happens, you know. And I just try to explain myself to people and say, please try and understand this. You know, this mm -hmm. is, this is, this, I don't believe this anymore. Or I don't, I don't agree with this because this is how I see things as a Christian and, and hope that they understand and, you know. Uh, they can they can accept it sometimes they do sometimes they don't <laughs> as you know <laughs> yeah 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 and so how has your walk with god affected you impacted your purpose you seem to operate in these very creative yeah yeah publicity related yeah. spaces yeah. Yeah. and so yeah. how have you seen god's hand in that so you know it's it's a question of making choices daily, right? Mm. You know, um, certain offers are presented to you where you're just like, nah, I can't take that because it's against my my Christian values and beliefs, you know. And it's, you know, I'd love to tell you, oh, you know, um, because I did this, I can say God rewarded me in this area because I, t you know what? I can't say it's been like that. Um, certain things have gone well. Some things have gone badly, mm. you know, um, as a result of those choices, mm. you know, but we are told that we are going to go through much trials and tribulation, right? Mm. Um, there's con men out there selling this thing to Christians that, you know, once you come to Jesus, you're going to have a cushy life. If anything, 
your life is probably cushier before you come to Jesus. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, that so, is so, true. so let's stop selling that, that whole concept, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you will be persecuted um, for your beliefs. So there's things I've had to turn down and miss out on because I can't operate like that. You know, I can't do certain business deals because people are expecting maybe, you know, uh, kickbacks or some kind of payment, mm-hmm. you know, and they're well-known, you know, places that are like that, you know. So I've had to forego some business because of things like that. And, and maybe, yeah, miss out on opportunities, you know, to have a, an easier lifestyle, you know. Mm. Um, but to me, it's all part of the, you know, um, I read somewhere where it says, you know, uh, you only know a value is a value when it costs you something. Mm. So, you know, it's not a value if it doesn't cost you anything because then you can just do it, mm. you know. So I've had to stick to those values and lose certain things, you know. Um, and I mean, I, I, I'm from a, from a, you know, marketing and advertising world. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know under the table kind of deals and things mm-hmm. like that, you know. So it, it hasn't been easy. Um, but praise God, you know, what matters what matters is 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 that my faith is there and it's strong mm-hmm. and I'm growing in the knowledge of who God is and who I am. And ultimately that's all that matters to me. You know, the rest can come can come later. Like I mean look, you can be rich without knowing Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'll just keep working, man, you know, and if I'm doing something and I'm selling a service that people want, then I'll make money. If I don't, then I won't make money, you know, but that's neither here nor there, you know, that's, that's off the world, you know. Mm. Um, but I just always obviously use God as my, as my, as my, as my compass, you know, to direct me what I should do and what I should not do. And it becomes easy because, you know, okay, now this is, this is not pleasing to God. Mm. You know, does this glorify God? No, it doesn't, you know. And it's hard because I mean, you know, when I think about the kind of things I used to want to do, like the videos I'd want to make, thankfully I never made any <laughs> risque kind of videos, right? <laughs> there was a couple of slip-ups here and there. Mm-hmm. But um, generally, you know, I think just also just good brought up right? I don't know if you know that phrase, brought up like being brought up well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a Jamaican phrase, like, oh, he has no brought up Like if somebody's oh. rude, he has no brought up Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> He just learned something new, right? I learned something yeah, new. Yeah, brought up, see, right? Yeah. So just how I was brought up, I was, you know, polite. And I think our culture, generally speaking, you know, so I, yeah. I, I, you know, things that are rude. Like I always thought to myself, I don't want to make any video that my mom would see and she'd be embarrassed. Embarrassed by, yeah. Or that if I was sitting next to her, I'd be like, mm, you know, looking to the side, like, why did I do that kind of thing? And so yeah. that's always been my compass, right? But now I've got a better compass than that. Is, mm. Does this please the Lord? And if it doesn't, I'm just not going to do it, you know? Um, so, you know, and, and. In many ways, I've become so anti a lot of the entertainment world um, mm. because it's it's actually very devilish to use that word, um, mm. you know. And 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 you know, we're starting from the mother of all the devils, which is Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah. You know, and you know, the the interesting thing is this, and at some point when I have lots of time, I'm gonna go and do like a dissertation. Like I actually wanna, you know, I don't know if I can get a PhD for it, but I wanna do a study of how global culture cascades down, down right yeah. to even the smallest little african country or asian country and still mm-hmm. has an effect mm-hmm. and i know this to be true because when i was a kid we didn't have tv but i knew michael jackson mm. right i knew his moves you know maybe i saw one video you know because they would show it once you know so it permeates everything and 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 the devil has been very good at taking entertainment Yes. You know, as, as a form of, of brainwashing people, you mm. know. So a lot of people watch entertainment and think they're just being entertained. But on a subconscious level, everything you're taking in is what's becoming a part of you, mm. you know. Um, and, you know, I have a son now and I, I really am being very careful as to what I'm exposing him to because mm. I know how these things work. 
you know. Um, so you have to be conscious of those things, mm. you know. Um, so that's kind of the approach I'm just trying to take now to say I have to be very vigilant. You know, the devil is like a roaring lion, lion. right, seeking whom he may devour, devour yeah. you know. So, I mean, like, I'm embarrassed, to, to be honest with you, to say I'm associated with hip-hop at this point. So I'd rather just say I'm a musician okay. who raps. Maybe, mm. maybe let me put it that way. Because hip-hop culture and its definition right now, it's worse than it, it was when I was, you know, in my 20s, yeah. right? It's, it's just garbage, it right? Is, it's garbage. Yeah. And these kids are doing this garbage because they're making money from it. And because people behind them are making even more money mm. than they are. Mm. But because they don't understand the whole matrix of it, right? They just, I mean, think about it. I stopped watching all these BET awards and, um, you know, all these, um, I don't know, music award shows because most of it is so worldly and it's just, it's just garbage, right? Mm. It's just dirt. Mm. So I'm like, why am I going to watch this? I don't, I don't even know who the latest, the hottest, whatever, because I don't care because there's nothing they're saying that, that matters to me. Um, or that I want even my child to hear, you know. So, if anything, I just keep tabs, just know who's who's saying the worst stuff. So I make sure <laughs> my kid is not listening to that stuff, you know. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's um and it's getting worse, yes. you know. And with social media and just media permeates every every inch of our lives, every second. Um, so we have to now have a counter movement to that. Mm -hmm. And the only way to to have the counter movement is to push more of the word, what? the word of God. That's mm -hmm. it, you know. The more you know the word of God, you, you then become impervious to that. Because mm. I'll hear this stuff and I'll be like, no, this is not of God. I don't want to be involved. Mm. You know? Yeah. So do you feel like Christian rap and Christian hip hop would offer a suitable counter to, to what's going on in the world? I think so. Look, I mean, there's a lot of people with mixed feelings about, you know, things like hip hop. Can it really be Christian? I mean, mm. can it be, you know? And to a certain sense, I understand where they're coming from. But it's a question of taste if you think about it. Because, you know... There's somebody who will listen to Bethel music and they'll be like, ah, oh, it's very rock and roll, and, mm. you know. Whereas for me, it's like kind of like soft rock and roll maybe. I don't know what you want to call it, right? Because of other genres that I've heard, right? And I remember reading about how in the 50s and 60s when they started bringing in instruments into the church, the mainstream sort of, you know, uh, born-again Pentecostal church, there was a big, you know... Uh, uproar. <laughs> yeah, how are you not playing organs, you know? And why are you playing instruments? Exactly, you know, why yeah. are you not playing the Psalms and whatever, you know, like mm. the, the, the things that were written by John Wesley and stuff like that. Yeah, why are you bringing instruments, you know? And then, you know, when you look, if you listen to that stuff now, it's tame compared to what people are doing now, right? Mm. So they're just different forms of expressing, and I think what matters more is the word that's that's in, in the, the music, music, you know? Yeah. Um, Look, I didn't know this. There's like hardcore metal Christian music. I can't listen to because it it's just not my cup of tea. And that's what I realized. It mm. might not be your cup of tea. But if there's Christian kids out there that are actually hearing the message of God through this hardcore metal, right? Who am I to tell them not to listen to it? You know, I might not be want to be around them when they're doing it, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to, you know. So, yes, yeah. hip-hop or rap, which is just an expression. It's a form of expression can be used to, 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 to preach the message of God. You know, one just has to be very careful to make sure that, you know, what happens as we are all human and, and the devil appeals to our, our weaknesses, things like pride and stuff like that, you know, the whole superstar thing. Mm. So, and hip-hop culture is very much driven by image and that's, that's and my ego. problem with an ego, yeah. yeah. So even now as I work on my new stuff, I'm always trying to be very conscious, like, okay, if I do a video, what kind of video am I going to do? Mm. You know, and I'm deliberately thinking that I'm, I'm not going to, that's why I don't watch a lot of the latest stuff because I don't want to get influenced by that stuff, mm. you know. Typical hip-hop scenario, hip-hop video scenario, right? Like the hot hip-hop. Mm. 
there's got to be girls in there, right? Yeah. There's got to be the cool dudes. He's got to have shades on. He's got to have the latest, nicest clothes. Mm. He's got to have a Lamborghini or a sports car. And this formula has been around since like the 80s. So I've seen it happen, right? So those things don't change, right? So it's about ego. It's about self, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? The glorification Yeah, of the self. glorification of self. Mm. And I got caught up in that stuff also at one point, but luckily not for too long. But you have to be a thinking person to realize, wait, 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 this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So those are the issues I have with hip-hop in particular. Even R&B. Now, R&B has actually been hip-hopified. Mm-hmm. R&B used to be nice R&B, you know, new edition. These guys used to wear, like, shiny clothes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then they decided to go thug, right, mm-hmm. when R. Kelly and those guys came in. So now R&B, I mean, I can't believe the, the lyrics that R&B singers are now using, which is what we used to say in hip-hop, and it was, it was risque to use those kind of, you know, that kind of language, you know, like swearing and stuff like that. It used to be mostly hip-hoppers that did that. Now people can sing an R&B song with, like, hit these nice melodic tunes, but they're swearing and, you know, they're saying yeah. this and whatever, you know. Um, so... That whole spirit, mm-hmm. I'm totally against that, you know. So I, I, when I'm working on my music, it's got to be, it's got to glorify God and it can't be about glorifying myself. And that's, that's really what I, I'm using as my, my sort of compass on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can we expect any new work from you soon? <laughs> you know, I would have said this year, but yeah, we're already in December, <laughs> so that's not going to happen. Um, but I, in 2024, definitely, you know. Um, you know, yeah. Um, you know, I've just... I've just had a bit of a hiatus. I've just been trying to put a lot of other things um, in my life in place. Um, you know, and l- like I said, the music doesn't make me any money. It takes money from me. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to like work on other things just to build, um, sometimes you got to put that aside, you know. But, um, you know, um, by God's good grace, um, I-, I definitely want to get back into studio this coming year. And I want to do collabos with like strange you know strange genres and stuff like that because i don't want to be boxed into you know just Mm. uh, the hip-hop you know just whatever you know um and just yeah i guess explore and and just glorify god man you know Mm. and there's so much interesting you know gospel i've been listening to i'm like oh wow i'd love to do something similar to that or maybe i'd like to work with this artist and stuff like that you know and and i want to do more like sort of cross you know cross genres cross pollination you know um Mm. you know and just so that reach new audiences and maybe just, you know, make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sounds really yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We can't wait for it to come out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. So just as we close, what would you say to someone who struggles with their identity and their purpose? Um, and they're born again? And they're born again. Okay. Or, or even someone who's in the contemplation stage, who's right. trying to look for something deeper in okay. life. Yeah. So if anything, you know, as, as you get older, um, you, you realize that the only thing that can make your life worth to say you've, you've lived it, you've made it worth living is whatever wisdom and knowledge you can share with other people mm. that might help them along the way and maybe help them avoid certain pains or mistakes, you know, and um, that's all I want to do. Um, I would say to somebody who maybe is thinking of, 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 of coming to Christ, um, that that's the best decision you can make for yourself. Mm. Um, you're going to come against a lot of resistance. Um, there's a lot of pressure, particularly being black and being African, where you will be told that this is not your identity. Mm. Um, this is not true. Um, amongst the earliest Christians were Africans. Mm. So don't come and sell me the story that this is a white man's religion mm. that's colonizing your mind etc etc you know i was delighted to find out my great-grandfather 
was a born again Christian, and all my life I didn't know about this wow. until a few months ago. Wow, yeah. how far how far back was this, that? We, we're talking about maybe nineteen <laughs> twenties. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, and he was one of the first to tell people in the village or in the family, say, "Listen, we're not doing those other things anymore." Mm. You know. So it's not foolishness to come to Christ. Um, Christ is Christianity has no color. God has no color. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, colonialists came and used. What they they use religion. They didn't even use Christianity in its true sense. Mm-hmm. Um, to 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 yes to trick and subjugate you know Africans. It it was colonialism came with yeah religion and and you know the whole empire building came together right. But there were good Christians that also came, that did good things, mm-hmm. that believed in the true word of God. Mm. You know, and you can go and trace your history wherever around the world you find those people of different colors, mm-hmm. right? And that's because they had the Spirit of God working in them, right? And those are the people you need to look at. So don't get distracted by this whole thing. You know, there's a definition uh, my pastor gave me, which says culture is man's search for God, mm-hmm. right? So everywhere in the world there's culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the Hindus have their many gods. The, 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 the Buddhists have, you know, they, they believe these incarnation, you know, Buddha rising to the next level, etc., etc. They're searching for God, right? If you go to um, North America, the, um, the, the native peoples there, they are very spiritual, mm-hmm. but they do not know Christ, you know, and they're also searching for God. If you go to South America, there's tribes there, I'm sure they're searching for God. And only when you come to God, as in Christ who became man, God, Christ who was God as man on earth, mm-hmm. then everything starts to make sense. So I spent all my life searching for truth. And when I came to Christ, I finally feel that I found the truth. I believe that in my heart, that I feel complete. I feel the answers are there. There's, you know, when I was being raised, I mean, this stuff I didn't talk about, cultural stuff, you know, world go see anger and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because there was confusion, you know, like some mm-hmm. relatives were still kind of in church, but they're not in church, you know. On the weekends, on Sundays, they go to, to, to church. And then on Wednesday, you know, they go to see Nganga because maybe things are not going well. Mm-hmm. And always in my mind, I was like, something is wrong here, man. This is not making sense. And then I realized why. A lot of all these beliefs, there's a lot of fear in them. Mm-hmm. But when you come to the Word, the Word says there's no fear in love. The love and perfect love. Right? Because God is love. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're searching for love, perfect love, you can only find it in God. Mm. And God can only be known through Christ. He's the way, the, 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 the path, and the life. So that's my advice to you if you're looking for Christ. If you're already in Christ, I would just, each of us, we need to be discipled. If, you grow, if you're not growing in your knowledge of who you are and the knowledge of God, then something is wrong. Mm. You know, go find your pastor and say, listen, I need you to disciple me. Or if they can't do it, go find somebody else who can disciple you. Because there's so much more to learn and operate. We have to operate. We have to live a life of victory mm. as we live on this earth. Mm. We're assured of salvation in heaven. But while we're on earth, we have to live a life of victory, you know, where we, we're able to overcome any situation, any circumstance. And we do it in, in love and in truth. And you can only do that when you, when you keep meditating and being taught on who you are. Mm. What, 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 what does the Holy Spirit mm. um, do in you? What is the point of the Holy Spirit? All those things, you know. So I would encourage you to do that. Be a disciple. You have to be somebody's disciple. You can't just be like, oh, I'm chilling. You know, like you cannot come to church for like 20 years and just be sitting and listening to the pastor preaching. And then you go home and say, I'm a Christian. Mm. You're not a Christian. 
You know, like there's an example that I've heard where it's like, you know, if a child, right, is born and, you know, you, when they're still a kid, you, you, that's a little baby, you're feeding them, you change the diapers and, you, you know, you're making food for them. If at the age of five and six, you're still doing the same thing, yeah. right? You're still feeding them. You have to like, and they don't speak. They, they, they're not saying any words, mm. you know, and you have to go change their diapers. Mm. Seven, eight years old, they're still doing that. You'd say something is wrong with this child, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's something wrong with this child. They're defective. You go and try and talk to doctors and stuff like that. Yet a lot of Christians are like that. Mm. We come to a church and we just sit there. We're like, I'm saved. Cool. You know, and I just come and we check off the list, you know, uh, every day, every Sunday I've come to church. I've, I've marked the register, right? But you're not growing. And you know what? You're not saved so that you can just be chilling. You're saved for a purpose. God saved you so that you can, through, through you, he can save others. So each of us is called to evangelize. We mm -hmm. have to go and evangelize. And after evangelizing, we have to disciple the people that we have, we've, we've evangelized to. But for that, you need to be trained yourself to, evangel to, 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 to disciple. Mm. So that's my parting words. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a long-winded no, kind of conclusion. Perfect. But um, yeah, you know, that's what I would say. No, thank you yeah. so much for that. Um, and thank you for sharing your journey with us. Thank you, Grace. It has been very enlightening talking to you. But thank you so much for being a great um, interviewer, you know. And thank you to Innocent for doing sound. Yes. Uh, and K Media for hooking us up with the space. With I really space. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And thank you for approaching me the other day and say, hey, listen, can we sit and talk? I really appreciate it. Yes. And I'm hoping so somebody listening is benefiting from this. Like I've benefited from some of the shows that I've listened to on your, on your podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank you for being willing to talk to us. I know you're incredibly busy. <laughs> this was important. So thank you. Yeah. And so we have reached the end of this episode. Um, until next time, stay safe and goodbye. You're blessed. <laughs>